Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story about someone's journey through their financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life, and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dine. We are going to be talking about several of the provisions in the CARES Act. I know I've been on a couple of podcasts, I've done a couple of webinars, I've talked to other people about this, but there still doesn't seem to be enough information out there. So I thought I would take a few minutes to sort of summarize some of the blogs that we've done over the last few weeks, just to get you familiar with what's going on. First, let's dive into the recovery rebate. It is a rebate, and I want to stress that it is a rebate. It's actually a 2020 credit that is being rebated in 2019 based on either your 2018 taxes or your 2019 taxes. Some people hadn't filed their 2019 taxes yet, so they based it on 2018. There is an amount that you would get based on whether you're, you're single, joint, um, so single is 1200 joint is 2400 and then you also get 500 per qualifying child. Now, a qualifying child is anyone under the age of 17. In order to qualify for this rebate, you have to earn under $75,000 for single, $112,500 for head of household, and $150,000 for joint. If your income is above those limits that I mentioned, then it will be reduced by 5% for each $100 of income over that threshold. And once you meet the following thresholds, you're completely phased out. So $99,000 for single, $146,500 for head of household, and $198,000 for joint. If you earn over those amounts in 2018 or 19, whichever year you filed, you will not be eligible for the stimulus. So as I mentioned, it's based on either 2019 if you've already filed your return or 2018 if you haven't. And for a while, we thought you were going to have to actually file a tax return if you wanted to get this. But in some cases, you don't actually have to. The legislation says that they may use other alternative forms of information such as your social security. Many people over the age of 65 or 70 don't have to actually file a tax return anymore. Their uh, adjusted gross income is less than the standard deduction, so they don't actually have to file. Those folks aren't going to miss out because they are usually on file through the Social Security Administration. Well, so the question that has come to us many times is, well, what happens if your income in 2008 
2020, since it's a 2020 credit, is actually greater than it was in 2019 and you would have phased out or you would have uh, not received as much. Well, according to the legislation, the way it's written right now, you would receive the credit anyways and there is no clawback phase phrase uh, put into that legislation. So we don't, at this point in time, we don't believe that you'll pay tax on it, but understand that could change in the future. And what if your income was greater in 2018 or 19, but much less because of this crisis in 2020? Well, then you're going to receive the credit when you file your 2020 tax return. So in 2021, you'll actually get that. Remember, it is a 2020 credit that is being rebated. So if your income is less in 2020, then you may qualify at that point in time. Now, they've already started issuing as of today's recording, uh, which is come, which is around mid-April, mid to late April. Um, they have already started issuing some of those rebates. There are many people that are not receiving them at this point in time. If you've changed your address, if your direct deposit account has changed, it may get rejected and it may take a little bit longer. Also, if your if your 2019 tax return is in process and they're looking, you know, to see if you would qualify, then it may take a little bit longer for you to to actually get get that information as well. So we wanted to bring you up to speed on that. And we also wanted to talk to you a little bit about unemployment benefits. This is a particularly important topic if you are suffering from unemployment due to termination of employment, layoffs, furloughs, any of those sort of things. In the CARES Act that was passed on March 27th, there was a couple of unique features to it. And one of them was that you could actually apply if you're a contractor or self-employed, which is unusual because normally in those situations you can't. But the question is who qualifies for for the pandemic unemployment insurance. And there are three qualifications that must be met. First of all, you cannot, you have to be ineligible for any other state or federal unemployment benefits. So um, that's one of the requirements that was stated in the legislation. And then second, unemployment, partially unemployed um, or cannot work due to COVID public health emergency is a is a requirement for qualifying for pandemic unemployment insurance and then you cannot telework in any way shape or form and you receive paid leave and then fourth self-employment individuals who have had to close their doors are usually unable to qualify um, for small business loans right now because they closed so those folks would qualify uh, as uh, eligible under the pandemic unemployment insurance. This will include employees who have tested positive for the coronavirus as well, uh, those who have had to leave their job to provide full-time care for a family member. Uh, many people don't have daycare right now, so you know their only option is to leave work to provide care for that family member. So that's really important, and those relatives, you know, do not have access to paid uh, leave perhaps and because there's situations where it normally wouldn't qualify. The new law has two approaches to assist the normal state-based unemployment programs and so the pandemic unemployment assistance program matches the normal state unemployment rate plus $600 for unemployed workers who would not normally be eligible and an extension of unemployment compensation by 13 weeks beyond the eligibility time states provide under current law. The difference from regular unemployment benefits is it includes workers who are, as I already mentioned, self-employed, uh, in, um, independent contractors, gig worker employees, 
those who have sufficient work history to qualify for regular benefits. Now, one of the features in this particular legislation is that estates normally have uh, one you know, week waiting period and, and that is now, um, that's basically being waived. There's now federal financing for states without the waiting period. So the benefit amounts in the time frame that exists at this point in time vary state by state and it's subject to a minimum and then they're increasing by, five, by $600 from that program, which is a federal pandemic unemployment compensation program. Their unemployment benefits are based on the prior wages, often the, the last four quarters. And if you are already receiving benefits at the state level, then the $600 weekly increase will be provided as a supplement. Self-employed workers will have to have proper work and pay documentation. Benefit amounts will be calculated using a formula that the Disaster Unemployment Assistance Program has come up with. So there's this is a very short uh, summary of what the unemployment benefits are. There's a lot more you you know, and I know it's such a challenge to try to get into the system right now. Many people have said that they've had to get up at four o'clock in the morning or stay up you know late at night in order to actually get this system to work. So let's dig into a couple other parts of the CARES Act so that you're familiar with them. One. Uh, that we really want to make sure that we're talking about is under the retirement section of the CARES Act. So normally, if you are under the age of 59 and a half, unless there is some exception that applies, you, you are subject to a 10% early withdrawal pen penalty from retirement distribution. The CARES Act waives the 10% penalty for COVID-19 related distributions up to $100,000 from retirement plans. And that's, of course, if it's permitted by the retirement plan and IRAs. So the distribution is still taxable, just the penalty is waived. The income, however, can be spread out over three years. And the pay, you can actually put this money back into the plan if you want. The regulations state that you can make up these distributions over the next three years uh, above and beyond your normal contribution limits. So that's a pretty amazing feature of this particular CARES Act. If you need to take money out, they're, they're letting you either spread the income over three years or allowing you to make up these distributions over the next three years if you want to. These are not considered hardship distributions, so the traditional hardship distributions do not apply. And that's an important thing to know when you're taking these distributions because hardship distributions say you can't defer into the plans anymore. Often you have to suspend, um, you know, they're taxable distributions and usually subject to the 10% penalty, which is not the case in these distributions. What is a COVID-19 related distribution is a great question that we've been asked by some of our clients. And that is a distribution in 2020 made if you are diagnosed with COVID-19 or if you are quarantined, furloughed, laid off, have a reduction in hours, or and unable to work because you've lost your childcare services. And the interesting thing that we've been reading about is it doesn't matter if it's just if it's you. It could be a spouse that's um, subject to that. Uh, the the question we've also been asked is what if you have a loan in your 401k? Loan repayment can actually be deferred up to one year if your plan permits it. If you are a COVID qualified individual as well. And if you want to take a loan from your 401k, this is an interesting addition that was added. 
Normally, the limits to the loans are 50% of your balance up to a maximum of 50,000. So under the CARES Act, it says that the increase is up to 100% of your balance up to a maximum of $100,000. So basically they're doubling for qualified individuals. If it's made within 180 days of March 27th, uh, so it, it does have that sort of caveat in there that there's a time clock that's ticking if you want to take that loan. One of the other provisions that's thrown into there is if you're over the age of 72 or in mi minimum distribution status or what's called required minimum distribution status, you're actually able to skip this year's RMD if you have permissible cash flow and you don't need it, which of course reduces your taxable income. Inherited IRAs also have the benefit and they did come out with additional clarification that what if you had already taken your required minimum distribution for 2020? Well, they are allowing of course a 60 day rollover, which normally would not be permitted with IRMD money. But then they also came out and said, if you roll, if you took the distribution after February 1st, you actually have until July 15th. So you basically extended the 60 days to get that money back into the plan if you want to. And I know we're reaching out to all of our clients that took the required minimum distribution and asking them if they want to put it back. In many cases, it reduces their taxable income and sometimes makes them eligible for the stimulus when they normally wouldn't have been. So we've done some analysis for some of our clients on that. And those are some of the options that you would have available. And if you uh, don't have uh, any retirement assets that you would do that on, but you have a health savings account with your retirement assets, or excuse me, if you want to fund your health savings account with your retirement assets, that's always been an option. This is called a qualified HSA funding distribution. You can make a one-time, no penalty, free tax rollover from your IRA to your HSA. That's not new, but what is new is um, if you're unemployed, you can use your HSA and the CARES Act has also added language that allows for the purchase of over-the-counter medication with your HSA and your flexible spending account for items such as pain and allergy relief and testing and treatment for COVID-19 benefits before your deductible is met. That's a big deal because historically over-the-counter drugs were not permitted from those types of plans. So those are some tips about retirement and HSA provisions. And I think one of the other main questions that we've been getting, I wouldn't say a lot of, but some is around the student loan provisions. So interestingly enough, in the CARES Act, there were some provisions around student loans that said, we're going to pause student loan payments and the interest on student loan payments, which is a big deal for all of those folks that are, are carrying student loans at this point. So they're calling it a payment suspension. It is automatic. Uh, it, it basically, your provider had to implement it. I know that some people still had to pay in April and it looks like what they're doing is extending it into November if that's the case. If you were um, already in an income-driven plan, you know, this may be an opportunity for you, especially if it's gonna be forgiven, to sort of really catch up with other bills that you, are, that you have over this period of time where your income went down. So the question that we've had is um, if you're doing, you know, if you're doing public service loans, should you make extra payments? And the answer to that is no, this, this time actually counts towards 
public service loan forgiveness and even regular income-driven repayments um, if, if, if you're not qualifying for public service loan forgiveness. So this period of six years actually does count even though no payments are, are being made at this point in time. At least that's what's in the regulations. So we would rather, if you're in those programs, we would rather that you take your resources and apply them towards your other debt. Obviously, like if you have private student loans, then that would be a priority or credit card or auto loans or mortgage. That's where we would encourage you to consider uh, paying other debt that you owe if you're in any kind of uh, income-driven plan where you're going to have student loan forgiveness in any way, shape, or form, whether it's at the 2025 year mark or through public service loan forgiveness or teachers forgiveness or whatever uh, whatever forgiveness program you might qualify. Use this money right now to pay other debt down, particularly if you have any private student loan debt because they're usually really high interest rates. So this is an option to take that money that you would have used for your government loans, which is one of the requirements, right? So those the private student loans did not qualify for this this suspension. It's only government loans that qualified. If you are in income driven, then you may want to, or if you are in some sort of forgiveness payment back, you may want to continue to make your payment because all of it's going towards principal at that time. One note that we do want to mention to all of you that's really important is if you have a private loan, contact your lender if you are having any kind of problems or see if you're eligible. And also remember that FFLE loans were issued under a system of private loans subsidized and guaranteed by the federal government. They are not direct loan. However, the CARES Act specifically stated Part D and Part B of the 1965 Higher Education Act are subject to this suspension and FFEL loans fall under Part B. So if you don't see a suspension, you may need to call your lender and talk to them about that. We would love to uh, point you to our website where we have a special section on COVID-19 resources. There's lots of information that I just shared with you. What I didn't get into at this point in time was the small business provisions. There are so many different provisions that are out there right now under the small business and and things are just constantly changing so much that if I record this, by the time it actually gets released, things may be very different. We do have resources out there, however, again, under that COVID-19 for our small business clients. Um, They're at this time of recording, I know a bill was passed in the Senate that could extend some of the funding for some of the small business loans that ran out of money. It's in Congress right now. It's in the hands for their review right now. So whether or not it moves forward, we will find out later. But we do want to um, point out again, www.rootedpg.com backslash COVID-19 is where you can go for a lot of our website resources. We are thinking about all of you. We hope that this very quick, brief summary of all of the provisions of the CARES Act is helpful to you. And we look forward to getting back on track with our interview podcast. And hopefully you're well. If you have other questions that you'd like us to answer, please send them to info at rootedpg.com. That's info at rootedpg.com 
follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook because we're constantly putting content out there to try to keep people updated. We hope you are all safe. We look forward to talking with you all in person in the near future. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.